Hey everybody, this is Brent Watkinson with Everyday Artist. This episode is a little different than most because I interviewed two people while I was the guest of the Illustration Academy and Visual Arts Passage. I worked inside the booth at a dual convention, and I'll explain that a little later, here in the Kansas City Metroplex area. The booth personnel included John English, Timmy Trabon, George Pratt, John Foster, myself, Gianna Procopio, and Alice Collins. One of the most interesting parts of the booth experience was having George and John sit down with artists that dropped by and got an immediate portfolio review. No kidding, people literally would walk up to the booth with their portfolios, either printed or on an iPad, and they would be invited to come inside the booth, sit down with John or George, and then one of them would talk about the work of this visitor, giving suggestions of what they were doing well and what they needed to work on to get better. And of course, uh, George Pratt and John Foster and John English have all been a guest of this podcast. Let me describe where we were. For the first time in Kansas City, two huge successful conventions teamed up to become an even bigger megacon. That's my word. I don't know if that's a bad thing to call that or not, but that's what I call it. Planet Comic Con, or to those of us that are cool enough, Planicon was basically on one end of the building, the massive Bartle Hall, and Spectrum Fantasy Art Live was on the other end, but it was so packed with artists and vendors and media that there was no real sharp dividing line between the two, just a constant interwoven, interlocking web of booths and noise, people, good-spirited R2-D2s and cosplayers that offered an endless stream of interesting things to look at and to explore. And I lost track of how many Wonder Women and Star Wars characters and Spider-Men I experienced in those three long, fun-filled days. On the Planet Comic Con website, they have already posted their countdown timer until the next con. Yep, just 347 days, 2 hours, 13 minutes, and counting down until it all starts again. Each day and night held a myriad of special activities and events, and Saturday night was the big one for the Spectrum Fantasy Art Live attendees. That particular night was the awards ceremony, which is what the original Spectrum Annual is all about. Spectrum is an annual book that is actually a juried art competition, specifically about the best in contemporary fantastic art. Their mission statement is as follows to promote the fantastic arts and provide an annual showcase for contemporary artists. They have been doing this very thing for 26 years, and on Saturday night of the convention, the Gold and Silver Awards were handed out to the winners in eight categories. Please do yourself a favor and visit the Spectrum website at spectrumfantasticart.com for all the lists of award winners and complete information about entering next year if you would like to do that or where to get the Spectrum Annual for yourself. And of course I will have links to everything we talk about on BrentWatkinson.com. That night two former Illustration Academy students received awards. 
Jeff Love received a silver award and Francis Vallejo received a gold award. Both of these young people have also been asked to return to the Illustration Academy over the years and to teach. So now the students have become the teachers of the next generation of aspiring artists and award winners. And if it sounds like I have a bias towards the Illustration Academy, you are correct. I have a long history, a really long history with the Illustration Academy. I was fortunate enough to be asked to be at the Illustration Academy on day one in 1995 when John English and Mark English decided to attempt to resurrect the old illustrator's workshop from the late 70s and 80s. And Mark actually talked about that a bit, talked about the illustrator's workshop when I interviewed him on this podcast. John had a newer version of what it should be and came up with a new scheduling idea and a new name. The Illustration Academy was born and began on the campus of William and Jewell College, just north of Kansas City in the town of Liberty, Missouri. And a really fun fact to me, fun to me anyway, maybe it's a little odd, a fun fact about William and Jewell College is that one of the founders was the distinguished Reverend Robert S. James, a Baptist minister in Liberty, Missouri, in the surrounding area. And Reverend James was also known as the father of the notorious outlaws Frank and Jesse James. Yep, Jesse James's dad founded William and Jewell College. So the Illustration Academy was stationed there for five years, and Mark and John and I were the quote-unquote full-time faculty, with visiting artists coming and going every week and sometimes staying longer, depending on the schedule. John and I will totally admit that Being there every day, all day, was a tough schedule to keep, but seeing the visiting artists work with the students and the excitement of the students and showing the techniques that these visiting artists shared and lots of their work really kept us engaged and energized. And remember, John and I were still relatively young in the business, and we were learning from these big names being brought in and soaking up all the information shared by the visiting artists, just like the students. And when John decided to move the Illustration Academy, he took it to VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia. This was with tremendous help from Sterling Hundley and countless other people. And this meant that John and I literally lived together for two months in the summer while in Richmond, and ran the academy 24-7. Our families and wives did visit on occasion, but the academy was an important venture, and delivering the best education we could was a top priority, of course. After three years in Richmond, the Illustration Academy moved to Sarasota, Florida, to the campus of Ringling College of Art and Design. During those years, the academy was attempting to develop additional programs and those programs needed additional time on campus so John and I would fly to Sarasota about every six weeks give or take. Needless to say John and I have been shoulder to shoulder for a long time sharing countless rental cars, apartments, and airplane snacks. The Academy stayed on the campus at Ringling during the summer for five years and in 2010 
the Academy returned to Kansas City. A few years later, I took some time off from teaching full-time with the Academy, but I'm pleased to say I will be back this year, and I'm looking forward to every minute. The Academy is now on the campus of Rockhurst University in Kansas City, Missouri. That program will run for four weeks in June, and students can take the entire four weeks or any combination of those weeks or an individual week. The list of instructors with the Illustration Academy, as it has been for 26 years, is a who's who in the working industries of the four categories being taught during those sessions. The IllustrationAcademy.com has complete info. So in this audio that you will hear today, I think you will pick up on the energy and the buzz in their gargantuan Bartle Hall. You will hear people talking in the background, walking by. You will hear kids talking to parents. You will hear a very annoying guy with a bass drum and the building announcer giving pertinent information to attendees. All in all, you can hear the excitement and energy as Timmy and John talk about their passion. You can hear it in the building and you can hear it in their voices. All right, now that you have the setup, let's listen to Timmy Trabon and John English walk us through their thoughts and explanations of both programs the Illustration Academy, and Visual Arts Passage. Let's get into it. So I'm here with Timmy Trabon. Timmy, tell us what your title is with the Illustration Academy and the Visual Arts Passage. So with the Illustration Academy, um, I'm one of the co-owners. I operate that with uh, John English and uh, Sean Nicholas. Visual Arts Passage, one of the co-founders, co-owners, and operate that with John English as well. Kind of everything we do in education, we we do together, and it's a lot of fun. So what kind of students or prospective students are you talking to here at the uh, PlanetCon in conjunction with, of course, Spectrum Fantasy Art Live. Well, it's it's been really exciting to have Spectrum here because we're seeing so many different types of artists here, and I think it really brought artists in from all over. So we're we're meeting meeting art students, we're meeting young professionals, we're meeting people who've been in the game for a long time. Across the board, you name it, we're talking with everybody. But it's been really fun. It's we got to meet a lot of interesting people. What kind of questions are people asking you at the booth? What information do you think they're looking for? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I can't say everybody's looking for the same question. I think everybody is they're trying to navigate how to get to what they aspire to. That's that's different for everybody. I think it's it's pretty amazing when you meet somebody who hypothetically let's say they, they want to be a comic book artist when they get to uh, they get to sit down with George Pratt for 30 minutes at our booth and talk about kind of his journey or they they get to connect with any of our artists and say how did you get to where you are how, how do you think I should what am I doing wrong what am I doing right so people can walk up to the booth and get a fairly immediate portfolio review by John Foster or George Pratt yeah John that's, English. What's, that's what's been happening yeah it's it's been fun it's been fun a lot of excited artists and we've all been pretty busy yeah it's it's been great 
So there's been a ton of traffic. Tons. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> wait, there's like 70,000 people here. It's insa- it's insane. It's it's great. Yeah, today um, we're talking on Saturday. Yesterday was Friday when it opened, and there were a lot of people. Today is yeah. Saturday, and it's I, tenfold. Not, I say 70,000. I have no idea how I many. It feels like 70,000 people. Well, that was the yeah. projections. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think they're going to make that easily in three yeah, days, that's for sure. It's been pretty wild, though. It's pretty cool. So yeah. do you think most people that are are really engaging you at the booth are looking for a way to get to the next level from wherever they are currently at any time creatively there, there's always room to learn you know we're all going to learn from other people and i think a lot of artists i think that's what's really great about the art community is i think it's full of people who want to continue to learn they want to continue to talk with their heroes or meet people that they think are ahead of the game or or have people who have really really great talent they they want to learn from them and that all happens through discussion and having an open forum where it's a two-way street uh, what's the community like of students with both of those programs i, kn- I know they're separate programs oh, yeah. but do you establish that you know at what's all? incredible is it's incredibly what's i think amazing about pro- both programs is they're totally international programs we have we have artists that attend as students specifically for online for visual arts passage students attend from all over the world that's something that we really love i think that that opens up a door for us to learn about different different parts of the world learn about people that are coming from different creative communities different creative environments and so visual arts passage we have students from i mean everywhere it's really amazing all around the globe yeah all around the globe and the and visual it's, arts It's passage. amazing. We have students that are staying up till 3 a.m. to take our class. Ye Chan, we owe him a big thing. He stays up till like 4 a.m. I think in, I'd get it wrong as to where he's tuning in from. But Ye Chan, he'll stay up till 4 a.m. to attend a, a class with Ted Kinsella. It's amazing. So he sits there in his room on his computer at 4 yeah. a.m. He'll log he's, in at a crazy hour he's just talking to Because he's Ed, excited. Ed Kinsella to do the yeah. live class. If he couldn't do that, though... Yeah. Would he miss the class completely? No, it's record. It's all recorded. But Ted, Ted puts on a good show. Like I've always thought, if Ted Kinsella wasn't an illustrator, he'd be on SNL. He's so, <laughs> he's so hilarious, and so his you classes are, so are blast. Right. His classes are a blast. The students love it, and so. But you were saying like about the community. I think both. I think both programs, they bring students in that are from across the board. There's you say like, what's the typical academy student? Well. I think they all want to be good visual storytellers. I think they all have that in common. But as far as any other way that I could describe them, I'd be like, they're all very passionate about what they want to do. That's that's the the common denominator. But what's cool is is that everything else is so different. So when they attend the academy or when they when these students attend Visual Arts Passage, they all get to learn about something. They all get to learn about the lives of their community that it, it's just it's amazing and creatively i mean i definitely believe creatively if you surround yourself with people who think very differently than you or have very different experiences than you like you're only bound you're only bound to benefit from that so let's back up to clarify just a little bit yeah two separate programs one the illustration academy that is yeah. an on-ground boot yeah. camp for four weeks and the visual arts passage is your year-long online yeah, version so, of that. So Visual Arts Passage is, is um, 
It's an online. It's ex- ex- entirely online. It's delivered in uh, terms. So we we offer classes in the spring, summer, and fall. The classes are small. All the instructions live. Students have access to download the recordings after the class. You get you get a ton of one-on-one coaching because the classes are small. We've got guest speakers, demonstrations, lectures. There's obviously there's homework because it's a very hands-on program. You got to learn. It's a learn by doing program, by all means. Like by all means. But yeah, it, that that's I that's I think that sums up the visual arts passage. But the 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 academy is has been around a lot longer than I have with John because John started that. I think this is going to be our 25th year doing it. It started so in John's 1995. Been doing it for, John has been doing the academy for a long time. I was lucky enough to get involved at the tail end, you know, right before 25. I think I started working with John about five years ago. The academy, I mean, that, that's what drew me in. I was like, oh, my God, I got I to gotta, I gotta have something to do with this. It, it's amazing because you see that community. And I remember seeing students meet there to, like, heroes, and you're like, this is a magical place. This is like it. It is definitely lightning in a bottle, you know that that environment where you see like it's like a they're they're almost all like some of the students they're like teary eyed when they get there, you know, because they're getting to learn from Wesley Burt, Carlo Ortiz, Vanessa Del Rey. I mean, it's like a who's who of I could I could list the whole name. I could I could name everybody, but it's like it's a long one. I'm leaving a ton of people out, but. We'll but send I mean, them they get to the to, website and they'll yeah. take a look. We'll definitely But do it's that. like but it's it's just amazing to to see that happen. It's a really magical place. And so I got involved there and that is like a that is a boot camp. Um, it's four back to back weeks. Some students they attend they attend the entire the entire program. Others will attend just an individual workshop. It's it's designed so it can be broken down and kind of a appropriate bite-sized chunks like whatever you can manage we have people that will take a week off work we have people that'll that are students that can manage the time in the summer but yeah it's at rockers university in kansas city missouri every summer starts in june goes for a whole month it is a a roundup of just industry leaders so i'm jumping back and forth a little no, bit that's fine. but you did a great job of explaining the illustration academy and i can understand the community there because you're there on the ground yeah. with the same people for x amount of time what yeah. happens with the visual arts passage community because i take my live class the class is over yeah i take i, I shut That's my computer off so where's my community that was our that was john and i's biggest focus when we were developing the program we were like how do you make this more than just all the media that's out there you know it's like you're talking about all the different stuff you can just consume uh you know you're talking about the the shows on like we're at comic-con right now all of the different comics and tv shows and movies and and different just different things i mean i I know i'm talking about just media but like when you sit down and like how does it make it different how does it make it not just content you're consuming how does it make it uh, about a relationship so first off the classes are live. It's all live. That's a really big part of it. We wanted, though, to make sure that it wasn't this just like you check in on Saturday and then it's over until next Saturday. We wanted we wanted it to be like kind of a traditional makeup where you have access to your educator 
throughout the week and you have this ability to kind of check in like as if it feels like there's a headquarters and so we use slack which is a um it's a a super popular messaging forum it's a private private basically private forum think of it like facebook if you could block you know like if you didn't see i think what your grandma and your aunt was posting you know but it's like it's it's a great communication tool but basically if you're a student and you're working on you're working on your assignment for John Foster's class and you get to a stopping point and you say, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know whether to go left or right ahead with this drawing. Um, you post it to Slack and you say, you tag John. You say, hey, John, I don't know what to do. You post it. Your classmates are going to see it. They're going to comment. They're going to give their input. John's going to check in. He's going to give you some guidance. He's going to tell you you're doing this right or you're doing this wrong. Audrey Benjaminson is spending, She's uh, she also teaches process, skill, and craft with us, which is our first class in our Say illustration. Say that again, process, skill, uh, and Audrey, craft. Audrey Benjaminson also teaches for us. She teaches uh, process, skill, and craft. And she's a great example, like for the Slack channel that we run for her class, she's in it constantly giving advice, telling students, sharing, uh, just great resources for students to use giving advice on kind of I think the best decisions to make for picture making maybe you know critiquing work or or helping students figure out how to move forward with their assignment or or professionally if they have a a question about professional development she's going to give her advice same with John John's going to tell you when when I started when I was where you were at, I, I was focused on this. And, but the whole idea is that it's not just this like, it's not just this one class that you attend and then it's over. We really wanted to have an open channel where there was this back and forth dialogue. And do the, the students week. ever get on there and just oh, shoot the breeze with pe- each constantly. other? <laughs> constantly. So it's yeah. like they're sitting around have, the studio at, you know, an on-ground school. Yeah. They're just chatting and talking. Yeah, it's fun. We have like, we have games. We put together, we put together like drawing playlists on Spotify that we share. We we do a lot of like fun stuff. Uh, we have a we have a study hall every Wednesday night, which is not mandatory. It's just, hey, if you're at a, you know, if you're at a place where you need you need some extra guidance, John English, some of our instructors will uh, they'll log in to study hall, and it's just a place to hop in the room and. Throw your work up on your uh, screen, share it, and show us what you're up to, and we'll talk. And it's it's there's never like a lecture plan for it or anything. It's just a it's a place. It's just a place for community. It's like a hangout. Yeah. And uh, with many critiques and yeah. people sharing ideas and totally. stories, probably, and yeah. telling bad jokes, maybe. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's a, it's really fun. Our our students are, you know, it's it's been really cool to see students from across the country become friends or not across the country across the world you know um it's pretty amazing what's a typical class size never larger than 12 students why? i would say why isn't it any well larger? we we like to call it a mentorship and the class has to be small because it uh, that's how you get the personal coaching with less than 12 students or w- with less than 13 with with 12 students audrey is able to give every student that's attending the program in her course, she's able to talk with them one-on-one and give them guidance on their work. She's able to get to know them, understand what their goals are, 
and have like a have like a true dialogue. So the key word here yeah. is the the instructors are actually giving the students some time because they have the yeah. time to spread it around yeah. a and smaller I mean, there, number of there students, are, fewer number. Exactly. There are teaching moments though where there's lecture or there's demonstration. Sure. And that's necessary, but it's also there's like I think that the thing that we kind of identified with the most is is like there's this moment where the instructor listens. Right? And that has to be done with a small class. The instructor listens and says, like, well, what are you, what do you want to do? That's critical. That's how we guide a student, I think, to what they, they aspire to. Is first, we got to know what they want. Like, I like what, the word that their, you used, guide or guidance. Yeah. To, to help well, them yeah. get the right direction. Yeah, you know, John, John's said this a long time ago, and I, I really believe it. It's, it's all about bridging that gap between the art student and the industry and and it's like you got to know well, what industry are we we talking about what what are we what what are your goals you know cuz if i don't know your goals how how can i possibly help you achieve that so it sounds very individualized it's it very it very much so very much so now that being said like i said like there's they're teaching they're a big portion of it is teaching which is you know, it's all about finding that balance of the, these teaching moments, which are illustration, demonstrations, guest speakers. A lot of it's a lot of professional development, like as you know, is building relationships and and talking with people and like having that having a person you can say like, hey, I need help. And this is do you special to me. Do you help people with the business development of their so I, as well. I, I should actually be clear. I don't teach, and I know you know that. But I, I, I hope I haven't, I hope I haven't uh, presented as if I'm a teacher. But um, we, we do help with business development, and that's actually one of Ted Kintel's classes. He does portfolio development. He also does career development for illustration. It's pretty amazing. They, they give an insight to how, you know, how to run a business. They talk about, they talk about things like bidding for a job. Um, how do you? How to, how to chase the art directors that you want to work with. How to chase the clients you want to work with. We're just starting a... That's uh, a good way to put that, and I think that's very important. Go yeah. after the jobs that you want. Yeah. Oh, well, what I was going to say is, like, so we're starting a concept art program that's headed by Jason Felix. Jason Felix... He's that's a, a big name. Yeah, he's a monster in the name. industry. Um, we're really excited about it. We're going to be announcing guest speakers for it really soon as well and another instructor. That industry has a different process. It's, it's pretty amazing. Like the career development that's taught in concept art, is, it's different. It's very specialized. And, and you're gonna get to learn from somebody who's been there and has done it and has done it recently. None of it's hypothetical. They've been there and they've done it. Jason Felix is a real world name, a real yeah. world guy. And anybody yeah. can look him up online and, yeah. and uh, see the power of what he's going to bring to your program. Yeah. So one of the things I should mention is for anyone who applies to either program, so Visual Arts Passage or the Illustration Academy, they're invited automatically just by applying to book a free portfolio review with uh, our program director, John English, and co-founder, founder of the Illustration Academy. The review's online, so you don't have to be in Kansas City to take advantage of it. It's totally free, so you don't have to sign up for the program. You don't have to enroll. You just apply and you're invited and you book it online and 
it's a it's a great opportunity to show so your work. So it's not like they have to pay a twenty five dollar application no. fee. You just no, say, we wouldn't do that. You just apply and no. you automatically get the review, and then you can say thanks, but no yeah. thanks, but I appreciate the review. No, yeah, yeah, it's okay. it's totally open to everybody, and I think um, one of the things that's really cool about it is you don't have to have a complete portfolio. So if you're at a stage where you're, you know, just drawing, just have a sketchbook. Just if you have things that you're doing for fun, just bring them. And we're going to talk for a while. It'll be fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Timmy. Thank this you. It's been a lot of fun. It has been fun. I'm kind of excited to walk around Comic-Con. Oh, it's gonna, it's, it's I haven't actually huge. gotten to walk around yet, so it's going to be interesting. Thanks, Timmy. So now I have John English with me. And as you can still hear in the background, we're still live at the Planet Comic-Con and the Spectrum Fantasy Art Live here in Kansas City. So it's a big convention, and you heard Timmy talk about some numbers a little bit ago. So, John, my first question to you is, and Timmy told us a little bit about it, but I'm really interested if you could tell us some more about your portfolio class. What's the name of the class? I'm not getting it right. It's called Portfolio, and it's, it's a class that it leads into the next class, which is... Uh, uh, industry development and what I like to do with the portfolio is it's kind of approached with the mindset that the portfolio is the thing that represents you in the industry it is it all it's all everything about you in the industry and I, I like to suggest to, to, to anybody that's defining their portfolio that they need to know who they're making it for they need to know the function of the type of work that they're making it for, who the art directors are, try to identify what the art directors are looking for, and maybe most importantly, take the have the pursuit that it's the artists that are pursuing the art director, not the art director that's pursuing the artist. And I think that too many people don't think about defining something, defining work, that's very specific for the needs of a, of, of a group of art directors that work in the same area of the industry, the same genre. So you have a really specific idea about what the portfolio does for the individual. Oh, I, I, absolutely. I am, you know, it's, the portfolio is designed for one purpose, and that's to get work, and it's designed for art directors. And it's your job to identify who those people are and pursue them. Understanding the needs of an art director, it, it, it's, it's, I always use the analogy of like going to a job interview. And it's like any intelligent person, when they go to interview for a company, they would research the company to find out they could be of benefit to that company. And you're doing the same thing. You need to do your research first before you make a body of work or else you're just, you know, you're throwing darts at a wall. At what point do you think it's good for a student to really make a concrete decision on, like you said, the type of work so that they can build their portfolio that will get them work? When, at what point in their development does that happen? Uh, the earlier the better. Um, I think people make their decision on what part of the industry they want to work in by artists that they admire, the people that they, that they say, oh, I want to do that. Unfortunately, uh, and there are, there are some great art schools out there, but even the best of the art schools, that when you leave art school, 
you're put in this very unenviable position of, okay, I've learned about who all these artists are now, now I gotta go compete with them. And having a leg up, the earlier that you can identify and focus your portfolio, the, be the better off you'll be. So what is the difference between the portfolio class and the career development class? During, during the portfolio class, we're asking students for the first time, I mean, we've, shown, we've been shown, we, we refer to it as a portfolio brief, and we're very specific of what we're asking for, and it's actually a first assignment uh, in the class, that they're developing the portfolio brief, they're developing the list of art directors and venues that they work for to create work for. They're driving the assignments. The previous classes are about process, skill, and craft, uh, how to make a better picture, learning composition, understanding the ideation process, visual storytelling. When you get to a portfolio class, we want you to be the driver. You're supposed to be making images. It's about your, your wants and your needs, and we want to help you define that audience. There's a lot of my previous guests on this podcast that have talked about taking control of their work. And that doesn't mean they're a control freak. It just means that they really have ownership. They make pictures that they want to make based on the way they see the world, the way they think, the way they see. Is that a, a fair assessment of, of what you're trying to get them to realize? Well, th that's kind of a, a second direction which we do talk about a lot and we try to help the students to develop themselves. Uh, I refer to it as developing their personal vision, point of view. I don't like the word style very much because I think it, it relates to other artists, but if, it's, if an individual starts to link images together that feel like theirs and then aim that towards a very specific uh, function and solution. Based on their industry preference? Yeah, Maybe. I mean, you know, the difference, you know, if somebody says they want to do, go into the work and bo do book work, you know, and go into the publishing side, you know, what's the difference of an interior piece versus doing a cover? I mean, a cover is a really dynamic, it's a miniature poster. It's an amalgamation of the whole story on one, you know, it's supposed to make people pick up the book. That's what sells the book, that what's, that what bring, drags somebody to pick it up and get them interested in the book. Interior pieces can be slow it could be before action be after the action it could be establishing shots it could be how the story is told and you have a lot of time to do it but a cover very specific and very very different functions and students students professionals need need to understand what they're trying to make and what the what the needs of the art director what the what's the need of that that function of the illustration that they're hoping to get assigned from the art director. In the, both the visual arts passages, and that's what we've been talking about mainly here, and in conjunction with the visual arts passage and the illustration academy, do you have a rather linear way that you teach people a process to successfully start with the beginning of the image process to oh, very, the final result? Absolutely. The very first class we offer is a foundations class. And, and most, most of our students, well, 50% of them, 
uh, start with the process and skill and craft class. They've been to art school. They, they have a lot of understanding, skill and craft under their belt. The foundations class helps you kind of prioritize what's important in picture making, what, the, what foundational, even, even language, glossary, lists of artists to study from big picture things. But our process and skill and craft class identifies a, a five-step process very, very similar to the same process that Howard Pyle was teaching, you know, 150 years ago. It's the act of making a piece of art, very creative process, but of making a piece of art with an with an art director and a client. And you know, illustrators don't wake up in the morning and decide, hey, I'm going to do a, a book cover for my personal needs or do the cover of Time magazine. It's it's an assignment. It's somebody else's problem that they're coming up, they're identifying it, and they're coming up with a visual solution. So there's a very specific chain of events, and we break it into five steps. Starts with ideation, then there's thumbnailing, then there's referencing. It's very important that your thumbnailing that you do from memory. I can explain that in a little bit, a little bit further. But after you do your thumbnailing, you you use you create reference or you find reference something that gives you the technical information to realize the picture that you designed out of your head then there's the um, the value study or final drawing that you uh, get approved from the art director before you do the fifth step and that's the final used to be years ago Howard Piles might have been six steps because there might have been a color study not so much anymore <laughs> But some, some big budget things and some things where there's more time, there actually is color, color studies that get approved. To further the, uh, the thumbnailing part where I said drawing from memory, if you think about one of the strengths of an artist is personal voice uh, as, as an illustrator. It's a very valuable tool. When all of your start work starts to relate to each other, it's extremely important. If you think about, I'm designing my pictures while I'm doing my thumbnails from memory, which is not you know, execution, technical drawing, render, finish is not important in the thumbnailing. It's a design and it's also idea. And so it, the design means just the basic light and dark pattern light of and dark, the image. Light and dark pattern, division of space, um, working in the right format, uh, you know, proportions. Um, but if you imagine and can imagine the value of learning how to do that from memory, then it's only your voice you have to depend on. You, it's every picture you've seen, it's every movie you've watched, it's a, the music you've listened to, it's your voice. You're not relying, as soon as our brains are lazy, as soon as we see something, as soon as we see a piece of reference, oh, there's the, there's the, point, the camera point of view or the viewer's point of view, there's the, the lighting scenario. That's all already established. And if you do that from your memory, and again, we all have a cutoff that we can only go so far. We can only realize a picture so far with our abilities to draw from memory. And that's why we practice drawing all the time, because the better observational drawer you are, the better, the easier it's going to be to, for you to draw from memory. So the aspect of, of using the right order of that process, it can be, make it incredibly creative and very, very beneficial of developing your, your own voice. So it sounds like, in a nutshell, you're having students really design the picture the way they need it to be and want it to be, and then they inform that information with further research, photography, yeah. uh, whatever it takes for them to, to uh, facilitate 
making their picture and not to be just take a picture and say I'm going to copy this because that's good enough. Absolutely. You know, informing your picture that you designed with the right technical information to realize it at whatever level you want to realize it. John, Timmy previously talked about this a little bit, and I'd like to get your your point of view on it. And my question to him was, at the Illustration Academy, which is the on-ground summer school for four weeks, it's easy to see how that is a viable community because you're there every day, almost all day, almost 24-7. You're surrounded by people. You're surrounded by an amazing number of contact hours with instructors. Now let's flip over to the Visual Arts Passage program, which is online. And of course you have classes that are live and they are also recorded. So if I miss the live class, I can see the recorded class. Okay, well the class is over. I turn off the computer. Where's my community now? That was one of my biggest concerns with developing an online program. Uh, beyond the delivery aspect of it, of being able to deliver the right information is, and communicate, was the interaction. You know, students grow exponentially when they're together. They get to see the successes and failures of their classmates. They learn about likes and dislikes from other artists by other being introduced by other artists uh, students introducing each other to their favorite artists and my concern which is really silly when I look think back and you think about all the success of social media of the communities people have become socially interactive through their computers we found with the with the visual arts passage uh, our classes have 12 students in it and we found that the students communicate with each other. We've given them a vehicle. We use Slack as a, commu uh, as a communication device that they communicate with each other every day. They're paying, they're, and which is, is great for the, the live classes because it makes the Saturday class so much more robust because they've been communicating all week long with each other. Um, the instructors are required to come in uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays and check up on the progress of the student work which just makes it even more of a community. In addition to the class, of in course. In addition to the class. And then now we offer, Wednesday evenings, we offer a study hall where we have one of our instructors, sometimes two. And we just, it's kind of like we take on all comers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody that's, got a, that's struggling with a problem, we just go, you know, talk about you know, work. I've done a demo in there before. John Foster's joined me. We talk about successes and failures of what students you know working on their assignments. So it's almost like office hours. It is. Uh, it's a study hall. Yeah, it's, it is I like office the, hours. the term study hall a lot. And the community has been extremely tight. Uh, students, you know, communicate with each other every day through Slack. And it allows even instructors from another class that pay attention to what the other instructors are doing. They pay attention. Everything's transparent. And it, it is, it is, it's a really amazing community. Uh, I guess collection of technologies that we use the the live class the live zoom room the the google classroom as our lms and then ultimately the slack that we communicate with each other every day very friendships are formed i know they'll continue just like the academy some of the best friendships i have in my life some of you know sterling hunley and edward kinsella and jeffrey allen love the friendships they created at the academy and many many others um, it's 
it's become part of their their life. So let's pretend I'm a student at the Visual Arts Passage, and I live in Paris, and I did a beautiful traditional oil painting still life, and I took a great photograph of it, and I uploaded it into whatever interface you have, and now you, the instructor, and the whole class is looking at my still life, and remember, I live in Paris, and there's students in, let's pretend they're in China or Africa or South America, Australia, I know they're all over the world. What do you do for me? You're looking at my picture on a computer monitor. Now well, we, what? We critique your picture as if you were in front of us. Our Zoom rooms, our Zoom classroom, we can share our desktop so we can use any piece of software. Generally, we're going through the Google Classroom and pulling down what you've loaded and we're using Photoshop to make corrections and do paint overs and then verbally explain what's working and what's not working. So right in front of me and everybody else, you can change my green apple to a red apple in my composition while I'm watching absolutely. And, I, and I can see the difference. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big part of what we you do. You can't do that in a classroom, in a real classroom. I'd get mad if you painted on my right. painting, John. <laughs> John Foster, uh, he was the first one to say. He goes, I have more tools at my fingertips when I'm teaching online than I do when I'm in a live class. And he takes great advantage of it. I've heard you say before that in a digital classroom scenario, everybody's on the front row. Absolutely. You feel like everybody's speaking directly to you. And if uh, somebody, okay, I'm in Paris and you're painting on my painting and somebody's in Mexico City and they're going to ask you if they think the value is a little too dark, they can literally be on a microphone and ask you and, and everybody hears it and you can respond. Absolutely. And you're watching, again, uh, students tend to catch on to things by watching other people's critiques, learning to spot tangents or value structure that's not working, pretty obvious things. They learn to see that in other people's work because they're too close to their own work. So having the, the critique as a, as, a, as a live delivery is extremely helpful. Also, all of our classes, an hour after we're out of class, the recording's up. If somebody missed, can't be at the live class, we'll do the critique as if they were there, and then they can see it, and, and, and that happens quite often. If somebody's traveling, if somebody can't, if somebody's on the other side of the world and they can't stay up any longer, it happens. They can watch the demos as many times as they want to watch. There's there's documents that we load for every class that relates to the information that we're delivering. Information we've been developing at the Illustration Academy for 25 years from some of the best creators that have ever worked. And I always say, I always warn people, I say we a lot. And I mean we, I mean this is information. I didn't, this is not all my information. I like to think I understand most of it. But it's information that I've gathered from, you know, some of the best from you. I mean, you're, you, you technically explain things as well as anybody I've ever seen. Information I've, you know, I've garnered from Brent Watkinson and Gary Kelly and Chris Payne and my father, of course. Students get the benefit of that. They get the benefit of all of that time, all of that information. The last thing I wanted to mention is the community that Spectrum offers has been incredibly valuable to me. We've... Arnie and Kathy Finner developed Spectrum the same year I developed the Illustration Academy. I saw my first John Foster piece and my first Phil Hale piece in Spectrum. Uh, I didn't know who they were. I like to think at the Visual Arts Passage and at the Illustration Academy, the mindset of surrounding yourself with excellence, 
with people that do things at a very high level is offers tremendous value to somebody trying to better themselves. Uh, you seem to learn quicker from people that, you know, and again, I, you know, there's great art instructors in schools all across the country. There's no secrets. Nobody no. does a demonstration at the academy or visual arts passage and they hold up, <laughs> they pull up short. They say, well, I'm going to tell the students 90% of what I'm going to do yeah. and I'm going to hide the rest of it. I've no. never, I've been with you for 25 years and I've never experienced that. The pursuit of excellence. Absolutely. Very much so. Well, thank you, John. 